This is Igris, and the letter that we're looking at today is from exactly 50 years ago. Actually, I have no idea. It's from Cheref, from sometime in the winter of Tavshin Lamedalad. We don't have the date exactly, but in our book, in our volume of Igris, which is volume 29, it is exactly 50 years ago. And uh, it's a list of the Rebbe answering questions. The Rebbe does this sometimes in letters where instead of writing back, he'll address multiple points in the letter, and you need the context below the line to figure out what's going on. So you see here, the Rebbe has six points, and one of them, point number four, is the word Mechon Chana. This was, in fact, the day that Mechon Chana opened officially. This was the founding of Mechon Chana. It officially opened on the in the winter of Tavshin Lamedalet. And therefore, we're going to look at this letter, but only after a little bit of context, and a broader discussion about the founding of Mechon Chana, what it, what it is, what it was, uh, and the Rebbe's incredible interest uh, and incredible focus on making sure that it happened exactly the way that he wanted it to. Uh, Mechon Chana, briefly, is a Baalist Trubi Yeshiva, right? I mean, that's the, the briefest explanation of it, is it's a, uh, it's an, it's a, it exists today. It's still very successful. They have a beautiful website. Uh, they have tons of teachers, and I recognize almost all of their names. So a lot of the people that we know that work in other institutions also work there. Uh, the Rebbe was deeply involved in the founding of Mechon Chana. Uh, the idea originally goes back to the summer of 1973, and it started really at Camp Amuna with uh, Rabbi Yankov Yudah Heft, that they were doing a program at the camp at the time, and it was successful enough that there started to be a discussion about maybe making a full-time institution for women's education, specifically women's education for women who uh, who are not yet from or not yet exposed to a lot of terror. So uh, this started at Camp Amuna in 1973, and in Elul of Tavshin Lam and Gimel, we didn't read this letter, at least I don't think we read this letter. If we did, it was in some other context. And the Elul of Tavshin Lam and Gimel, a group of women who were interested in starting Mechon Chana and Crown Heights wrote to the Rebbe asking for his advice, and the Rebbe wrote back. This letter is Yud at Tav Tav Tzadik Ches, and it is from the Yud Beis Elul of Tavshin Lam and Gimel, and the Rebbe writes back, in response to all the things that you mentioned. When it comes to uh, when it comes to how you are to set up this place in Crown Heights, what should it be like? You can't get away with the things you get away with with Bachrim, you know. Bachrim are used to uh, when when I was in Yeshiva, I slept on a uh, I slept on a um, a uh, bed bed frame without a mattress for like six months. It's not going to work for the girls. Says all all expansiveness when it comes to the building, when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the learning, when it comes to the places they'll be living needs to be barchava. And it's uh, not just kedai; it's also nachos. It's not just worthwhile; it's also completely necessary, pressing. Which exactly, which kind of house to buy for the building? The classic answer to any practical question about how to do something in Gashmias is talk to experts in Gashmias. So find out, talk to some experts, people who understand these sorts of things, which building would make the most sense to buy. And the Rebbe says, don't just trust people on their word. You should go visit the building, make sure that it's a house that you're actually going to want. The Rebbe says, I also want this to be the spirit of the entire Mesut in both quality and quantity. Uh, and that is referring to the Harchava thing that he mentioned above, that the entire building, that the entire Mesut, the entire institution should be Barachava. It should be expansive. And that this isn't just a good idea, this is nachutz. It's necessary that this be an expansive project, a big project, a beautiful project. Ken Lisian, the Rebbe says, I also want you to look into Shia Mecha Mukar, I think. Yes, Mukar. Aideya Meistus Rishamim Benegel credits and programs. The Rebbe says, I'd also like you to get some, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, um, like official recognition. There's a word, accreditation. The Rebbe wants accreditation. The Rebbe wants this place to be accredited by some sort of government or outside outside group. He'd like it to be for credit, that people can get college credits for it. There should be programs that are officially recognized. Uh, again, a form of archava, specifically attached to Mechon Chana. The Rebbe says it's a good chance that a lot of things we're talking about, this path has already been cleared by Adar Atera, the Baal Shuv Yeshiva for boys that had been opened much earlier. 
We can probably learn from uh, we can learn from the um, the difficulties they went through. Maybe also learn from maybe from their experience. We can also learn from their connections. Maybe so. Definitely talk to Hadaratera about founding the school. If the connection with Rav Hecht over the summer in the camps did succeed, and as we mentioned, this was in fact the founding of uh, Machon Chana was going back to the summer camps, maybe we should increase in that too. Especially when it comes to the Achnasis and the Rishimus, when it comes to the uh, the costs of the, the things you're going to have to buy, and also when it comes to the accreditation. There's certainly many things that Hadar Ater is doing that would function as a, a candle for one is a candle for a hundred. An expression, I think, that goes back to a Gemara. But in any event, yeah, it's in Shabbos. But it's also a very logical expression that a person who gets light from one candle, that one candle can also give light to a hundred people. There are some things that are just fungible. You can pass around uh, responsibilities and connections and things like that. So if things are already being taken care of by Adar Atera and it doesn't cost them any extra to help you too, you should borrow stuff from them. You also should do things uh, in the direction that Adar Atera did in Persomis when it comes to things like PR. Uh, do things like Adar Atera did it because it worked for them. Lee Spen and the Rebbe says, I also want you to think about it. Uh, connected to Vav Tishe, which is the uh, the the, the Rebbe Tzinchana's yard site. Uh, I want you to think about the fact that uh, exactly how the campaign should go in Ruchnius and in Gashmius and in both of them. The Chapis Mumcha, she's to find an expert who's going to work in this. Maybe somebody who can bring it in action, also maybe somebody who can organize it. can really see what the possibilities, the greatest possibilities might be in Gashmius and Ruchnius. So again, the Rebbe wants experts involved. It would make sense to borrow money in order to put together this uh, this organization. Certainly, it's going to pay back. And that's easy to understand. So the Deb is very invested in getting a good vibe together, in paying to get a good vibe together, and paying to get the grand school off the ground. We're taking out loans to get the school off the ground. Now, since everything I mentioned, I mentioned a lot of things. Look, the Rebbe did give them a lot of different things they're supposed to do. Now, we've learned a lot of letters together. I don't recall the Rebbe ever giving anybody this many instructions in a single letter. I told you to do a lot of things like the Rebbe says it would make sense for you to add more people to your vod. You're going to need more people involved in this to take care, delegate some of these responsibilities. And I remember that we did, maybe the reason why we read this letter in the past was for that line, because we did a whole share on Shuba Yeats. So that's possible. So I know some of these words sound familiar to me. In any event, the Rebbe says, as he does in many of his letters, that it makes a good sense to have a nice big vod who gives you a lot of advice because salvation comes through much counsel, and the Rebbe says he will mention it by the oil. So two months later, they'd done a lot of the things that the Rebbe told them to do. I have some notes. Yeah, two months later, they'd done just about everything that the Rebbe told them to do, as cheshvan of Tavshin Lama Dalit, and they wrote to the Rebbe again. And they wrote to the Rebbe, if you look down here, to announce that they had opened Machon Chana, which is just incredible, really, because we've uh, we've been together for a while. We've done now, I think, uh, almost a year of this, uh, a few times a week, every week, uh, have you ever seen something work this quickly before? I have not. That is that they, they wrote to the Rebbe asking how to do something. The Rebbe told them how to do it. And you have to remember Tishrei is in the middle. So this is in the middle of Elul. Tishrei is basically a dead month for activity. In a, in, in, in what amounts to about a month, they got the Mesut together. So they wrote to the Rebbe saying they were opening the Mesut Mechon Chana uh, based on the, Rebbe's, on the Rebbe's mother's name. So uh, they had it. They, it, was, it was in action already. So uh, this is... This is um, it says, but I happen to know it was Cheshman, Atavshin Lam and Dalit. They wrote to the Rebbe with a few questions. The first thing was that they announced that it was open. The Rebbe says, Thank you very much. Thank you very much on the good news. 
they asked the Rebbe in this next note, uh, what way to raise money? What sort of uh, fundraising strategies to use? And the Rebbe says two things, Mashiach Kal and Maisi Yesen. Look for things that are easy and look for things that are practical. It has to be the, easy, the easiest way that is practical is the way to raise money. When it came to point number three, they said that they wanted to start some classes in the afternoon for Balas Chuvas who already have families or have jobs and aren't going to be able to leave their families to go study until the afternoon. The Rebbe says, that's a great idea. Don't have classes running only during hours that people who are single or don't have other responsibilities or jobs can do things. Make a night school. That's a great idea. They then wrote to the Rebbe saying they wanted to name it after his mother, but they didn't know which name to use. They gave him two options. They said that it could be Beis Chana or Mechon Chana. And the Rebbe circled the words Mechon Chana. We don't know why. The Rebbe never explained why he wanted Mechon instead of Beis, as far as I know. But uh, he did choose Mechon Chana over Beis Chana. The Rebbe says, and I don't think that's in response to anything in particular. And then he has one more note. The Rebbe wants them learning halacha every single day. Uh, especially since not everybody comes every day. So he wants to make sure that in the curriculum, every single day at Machon Chana, there is a halacha class, because that guarantees that even the people who don't come every single day will get some halacha on the days that they do come. Okay, um, they opened their programs already then, but the school did not officially have a building until significantly later, which does make a little bit more sense. Uh, the building was not ready. They finally bought a building on 1367 President Street in Shvat and on Tubishvat, on Chamisha Sabishvat. They brought this information to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe was involved. The Rebbe, on Chamisha Sabishvat, he went to the oil first. And after the oil, he went to Mincha. And after Mincha, did, there was Mincha and there was Marev. After Marev, there was a Fabrengen. And then after the Fabrengen, the Rebbe went to visit the new building. And there's a, it's recorded in a Yuman. This is just a great story. It's recorded in a Yuman. I don't know who the source of the Yuman is. It's from one of the Tamimim, exactly what happened and how the Rebbe ended up visiting the building. Uh, he visited it in the dark with a flashlight because they didn't have electricity up yet. It's quite a story. So after the Fabrengen, it's on your screen. After the Fabrengen of Tubishvat, she is time Bishas, 940. So, uh, oh. He has a share about how Mahon Khana got started. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after the Fabrangan, which was on Chamisha Zabishvat, the Sarah Mai Bishah 940 was about uh, 940 at night when this when this when this Fabrangan ended. Nikna Sarabachasid of Yakivira, Alavashalam Hech, the header of the Rebbe. So the Yakivira Hech, he walked into the Rebbe's room and the Rebbe spoke to him about Machon Khana. And then the Rebbe went to go look for keys to the building. He asked for keys to the building for Machon Khan and he said to him, uh, I'm giving them back to you. I'm giving them back to you as a gift. I guess they'd given the Rebbe the keys. He's now returning them as a gift. So I want you to go open the door of the new building. Said to the Rebbe that there's no there's no electricity in the building. The Rebbe said, "Great, bring a flashlight." <laughs> so um, he also said it's not clean in there. They haven't cleaned the place up. And the Rebbe said back, "That's not so important. I don't mind. We can go even though it's dirty and even though there's no electricity." Before they left the Rebbe's holy room, the Rebbe said to him, uh, "You should also bring your you should also bring your winter coat because it's going to be cold outside." If you if you know a little bit a little bit about the Rebbe's relationship with uh, with Rabbi Hecht, you can imagine this being said in a very fatherly tone. Um, when they finally did visit, when they got to the building, the Rebbe went into Machon Chana. He checked all three floors of the building in every single room. So the Rebbe walked into every room on every floor. And when he went down, he asked where the library was, and they brought him to the library. On the library, there was a table, and he put down a Siddur, a Tilim, a Tanya, and also a Tzedakah Pushka. These are things that have been demanding for the for pre, during many previous Fabrengans. And then after that, he said that have Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, that it should all be in a good time and a successful time. And he gave him $500 as to make Dima, as a way to start off the uh, the fundraising and the efforts that they would be doing there. After that, he turned to Mrs. Goldstein and Mrs. Lovkovsky, 
who were going to who were involved in um they were the ones who came up with the idea for Mechon Chana. I believe Mrs. Lepkovsky continued continued and continues to run the institution, and she and said to them he said to both of them Mazel Tov, and he also gave each of he gave uh, Mrs. Lepkovsky gave her four hundred dollars and uh, single dollars. It must have been like a pile. Uh, and he told her to take $2, one for her and one for tzedakah, and also to give each of the students $2, one for each student and one for tzedakah. So this was the Rebbe's visit to Machon Chana, uh, where he walked the entire building in the dark with a flashlight, checked out the library, and put down some books. I have one more letter to show you, and then a little bit of story, and then we can talk. Right after this visit, the Rebbe sent this letter to Mrs. Garari, but he didn't really just send it to Mrs. Garari. I don't know why they put this up here, because if you look below the line, it's very deceptive. Uh, this was sent to Mrs. Hech, this was sent to Mrs. Lokovsky, this was sent to Mrs. Katzman, this was sent to Mrs. Klein. It was also a version of it was sent to several men. It was sent to Rabbi Hech, it was sent to Rabbi... Is that uh, Avram Par- Paris? Is that, Par- is, that, is that how they do Parshan? Yeah, Parshan. Um, it was sent to, uh, and in Rebbe Hatz, there was a different heading. So I don't know why in Igris they, uh, they didn't mention everybody's name. But in any event, the Rebbe writes, Baruch Shalom. He writes to everybody involved in Mechon Chana, his impressions after visiting the place. And he writes, When it comes to, uh, after my visiting, the new building of Mechon Chana, I wanted to let you know the great satisfaction and the great, Keres Ruch is, you know, a calmness, and Nachas Ruch is a, is, a, is a joyful, but both are satisfaction. The Rebbe is incredibly satisfied uh, through this visit. And he says, and I want to thank everybody who put an effort into this and who brought this to fruition. And you specifically, because you were involved in the building and also involved in putting together the uh, the the visit. This should be a bayiskadol, a big house. In all the pirushim that Chazal say about a big house. Every single person who comes to it, that uh, all the people who are involved in this, the students, the teachers, the uh, counselors, the uh, administrators, they should all get the following. And also you call it, and all people who support this, with the efforts of their bodies and the assistance of their money, all of the aforementioned should go from strength to strength, in all ways of good and holiness, specifically beginning with the three mitzvahs that were given to women specifically, which is uh, in Rashi Tevis Chana, which is, of course, I know, I know that, but I always get confused which one to use the ches for. I believe it is uh, it is Chala, Nida, and Hadlakas Neris, right? There we go. And also the tefillah of Chana should be fulfilled. My heart leaps for Hashem. He watches over the footsteps or the feet of his righteous feet and eyes the Malkain, he gives power to the king of Yarm Kan and raises the scion of his Mashiach. The Rebbe's signature. One point here, just because uh, I guess some people might have missed it. Uh, what does the Rebbe mean when he says, Bayes Godel as Chazal say? That's a Gemara Masachat Megillah. It's over here, but I scrolled down, so I'll never find it again. I might just say, oh, there we go. A Darish Bar Kapari, he says, not a very happy line. It says every one of God's houses got burnt. Beis Hashem, that's the Beis Hamikdash that got burnt. Beis Hamelech, that's the that's the uh, the palace. Beis Kol Beis Yerushalayim, Kamashman, all the houses in Yerushalayim, that's all the people's houses. Beis Kol Beis, a Gadol Sarafesh. So what is the big house? This Machlekes Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. One says 
that a makam that a bias gadol means a place shemagadlin by Torah, a place where Torah is built up. And the other one says it's a place that tefillah is built up. So when the Rebbe says that you should have a bias gadol in all of its meanings, he says it should both be a bias where Torah grows and a bias where tefillah grows. This is the last significant letter, or very very large and weighty letter that we have about Machon Chana. Uh, we also just have some information. Uh, I was reading a few interviews people had with Mrs. Lepkovsky over the years. She mentioned how seriously the Rebbe took his relationship with Machon Chana. We've seen it in some of our letters. We saw that almost every time something interesting came to Crown Heights, the Rebbe asked the Machon Chana to be one of the institutions that received it, including the recent uh, shia that we had in the bilingual English Tanya that Rebbe had once sent there, which actually is very interesting now Now that we realize that the institution was quite young when that, uh, when that Tanya was sent there. Uh, Mrs. Lukowski said in an interview that every year the Rebbe would come to a Seder, would come before the Seder to give a bracha to the girls at Machon Chana. Uh, this was one of the several institutions that Rebbe visited every uh, every Pesach night. He would visit the free, he would visit a free, he'd visit Hadar Atera, um, he'd visit the guests and the kitchen of Temchitmimim. So Machon Chana was on his rounds. Uh, one year, or most years, I think he went to Machon Chana last. That's the way that she describes it. And so one year he went to Machon Chana uh, after visiting all of them. And he said to Rabbi Hecht, uh, before he went to Machon Chana, he said, now I'm going home. The Rebbe saw Machon Chana as the, as the place that he called home uh, prior to going to his own home. He also made a rule that every girl who was at Machon Chana needed to have her own cup for Kiddush and her own, uh, her own uh, tash for the matzah. He insisted on this. He also gave a package of matzahs every year to Mrs. Lukowski to be given out to each of the girls. And uh, when the Rebbe visited the Seder, he would give the girls a bracha that every single year the same bracha, that next year they should have the schos of having their own Seder in their home and not in Machon Chana. So every year he would give them a bracha that they wouldn't be there next year. Um, one year, uh, and let me see who the Rebbe said this to. One year, the Rebbe told Mrs. Gansberg, who was the house mother at the time, thank you for raising my daughters. So the Rebbe was felt very close to the girls who were studying at Machon Chana. Uh, one time after inspecting the kitchen, the Rebbe told Mrs. Galperin, who was the cook at the time, that, uh, that he hopes that she prepares the food for the girls the same way she prepares them at home, that she takes the way that she cooks them just as seriously as she does at home. Uh, every year on Erev Kippur, the Rebbe would give lekach to the girls, or at least send lekach to the girls. As we said, he sent matzah on Erev Pesach, and on Hamisha Sabeshvat, which I guess is the uh, is really the anniversary of the founding of the school, the anniversary of the Rebbe's first visit, the Rebbe would send a basket of fruit, which I don't think was typical of the Rebbe at all. I don't think a lot of people received fruit baskets from the Rebbe on Tubishvat, but the, the girls did at Mechon Chana. Uh, the Rebbe asked that every year they send the Mechon Chana send a picture of all of the girls who were attending Mechon Chana. And the Rebbe once said that his mother's presence is constantly at Mechon Chana because the girls there follow in her ways. That's it for now. Thank you all very much. If anybody has personal stories or things to add about Machon Chana, its founding, its present status, please let me know.